welcome to Airtime by Extreme, the only podcast that gets you up close and personal with the greats of extreme sports. Throughout the series, we're going to be hanging out with athletes, organizers, and all kinds of other people on the scene. Giving you access to all areas of their lives and careers, so you can find out what it really means to be extreme. As always, that access is brought to you by the team at Extreme, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all of our social channels. Sign up for the latest news on our website, extremesportscompany.com. The link's in the description. Let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of Airtime. Joining us this week is world-leading female free runner and stunt performer, Katie McDonnell. So, Katie, <laughs> is that a fair intro, or is there anything else that I've missed in there? I think that's pretty accurate. I'd say, like, first and foremost, I'm a free runner, but I also work in stunts. Nice. Cool. So I guess, yeah, best place to start, take us back to the beginning. Where did it all start for you? Where did you grow up and where was the intro to free running? Okay, so I grew up in the UK, in Windsor. Nice. Um, When I was younger, I did a type of gymnastics called aerobic gymnastics that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, everyone's like, is that the one with the ribbon? I'm like, no, that's rhythmic. And they're like, is it the one where you throw people? I'm like, no, that's acro. It's the other one that no one's ever heard of. (laughs) So I did that um, and competed for Great Britain, did Worlds, Europeans, that kind of thing. Um, And then when I went to uni, I decided that I wanted to do some sort of gymnastics but the uni didn't offer gymnastics at the time, but they had cheerleading. So I joined the cheerleaders, which at first I was a bit like, "Mm, do I want to join cheerleaders? Mm, Not sure about it. But actually, I love cheerleading. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm just gonna have a drink because I got a frog in my throat. No worries, no, go for it. Cheerleading is quite. That's and actually, yeah, but also cheerleading, big one at the moment. Cheer on Netflix. Is yeah. it that type of cheerleading yeah. we're talking about? Exactly. This is like this is like every. This is an extreme sport in my mind. If you look at it, really, it's it insane. Is. I think it's like one of the most dangerous sports that like females. There was some stat where I think it's like it, yeah, the highest like, concussion count out of any sport yeah, at the moment. It's, or like like it's, cra- yeah, it's, it's really crazy. dangerous. Like, I actually had my worst injuries, maybe not actually, but I had some pretty bad injuries mm. doing cheerleading. Really? Um, but yeah, so I started doing cheerleading and that's actually where I started learning more flips because the type of gymnastics I was doing didn't really have flips in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of weird. It's not really gymnastics then. Right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I did cheerleading and... The gymnastics club that I was training at for that, when I used to go along to the open gym sessions, it was more or less just me there and a bunch of guys who did either tricking or break dancing or free running. And I just became pretty good friends with the free runners. And they were like, why don't you try and do this or do that, like run up this wall and backflip off it. So yeah, I did that. That's how I got into it. And what were you studying at uni? Was it kind of related or completely? Yeah, super related. I did maths. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. not related really at all Um, yeah I did my degree in maths and then my masters in statistics with applications in medicine wow that sounds real like really fun (laughs) I wouldn't have put that together with what you do now yeah no not so much but weirdly I kind of did my masters to give myself another year of training before having to choose a career Mm. if that makes sense bit sneaky of me, I guess, but anyway, I did that, yeah, I wanted another year being a student to train, basically. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be a student? (laughs) (laughs) So then, I know you mentioned, obviously, that kind of introduction to the free running world, you were kind of hanging with a group of guys who were doing a lot of that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. what was it like first getting into that, is there an easy entry, or is it all quite pretty hardcore straight from the go? No, I mean, you can start as easy as you want, really, I mean... I think the first kind of things I was learning were like the basic bolts, so like getting over a block. So it would literally be like a foam block on a gym floor 
and different ways of getting over it. So it's like really not that extreme <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and then I slowly started getting introduced to training outside. I think my friend James Kingston was the first person who took me outside to train. He's like someone who climbs high stuff now. So yeah, known for aerobics and yeah, yeah so, tower and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was right? one of the first guys who I started training with and he oh, took right. me to train outside. And so I'd take some of those vaults that I'd done on the soft foam block and try and do them over a wall. And <laughs> it kind of just started there. Or like jumping between curbs and then building up to jumping between walls. Mm. And then, yeah. Buildings, and, I guess. Although I don't do too much of that myself. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Is there a set like progression list of things that you should learn, or is it just it's pretty free flow and you're learning things that somebody else has just done? Or mm. you know, how do you kind of train and start to get good at at this thing that isn't so defined? It's quite it's quite creative, mm. right? Yeah, I think there are definitely um, basic skills that if you are starting out, you should definitely try and learn. Right. Like for example, a precision jump is literally just jumping from one place to another and landing precisely, hence the name precision. Um, but there's definite technique for that, which I think when I started out, I didn't really know that there was technique to it. It was more just right. jump from there to there and try and land. Um, so I think anyone starting out now, it would be a really good thing to actually get good technique before you try and do bigger jumps and try and push yourself to do things you're not really ready for. But yeah, I would say like, like learning how to roll, like so that you can sort of soften your impact on landings or like all the basic vaults learning how to swing on a bar and release and land in what we call like a cat position on the wall <laughs> cat position on the wall <laughs> just like that does what it says yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I think there's definitely like the basics that everyone should at least start out learning hmm. which I didn't necessarily didn't necessarily go down that route myself I kind of just tried whatever but hmm. yeah and maybe a bit of a contentious question, but where is the line between free running and parkour? Because mm. I think on the surface, and maybe I'm part of this as well, I kind of see them as very similar. How do you separate one from another? Yeah, me too. I kind of see them as being very similar, but I know people love to argue about mm. it. So I guess you would say that parkour is more the getting from A to B in the most efficient way possible. So it's more like the vaults and jumps and what you imagine when you see people running through the street. It always makes me laugh when people think like, oh, when I go out and train, I just like leave the house and I just run yeah. and bolt and jump and flip. It's just not like that at all. But um, And then free running is more sort of freestyle, I guess. And when people add a bit more creativity into it, so you seem like more flips and sort of stylized movement, I guess. But parkour can be stylized too, so I don't know. But yeah, it's more like, I'd say one's a little bit more free and, oh no, they're both free. Hmm. God, I'm doing really well this, here. Yeah, yeah. This is where it's... yeah it, it's a tricky one. Mm. I, I would say, like, what it bottles down to is when people see people doing flips, they're like, that's free running. And when they see them doing vaults and jumps, they're like, that's parkour. But for me, yeah. I'm kind of just like, they're more or less the yeah, same thing. I, I sort of train them both and think of them as one rather than being like, I'm going to train parkour now. And mm. now I'm going to train free running. Yeah, like, exactly. it's, it, I'm just training. And are you one more one than the other, or is that? A, uh, if, I definitely say, say I'm a free runner. Do. You're a free runner, okay. but being a free runner, you have to do parkour. Yeah, so. okay. Well, you don't have to, but you kind of are anyway. Mm. So. And then, so you were on this whole free running parkour scene quite early. I think when I look at sort of back at UK athletes, mm -hmm. not that you were first, but you were very early in that kind of thing. So, what was that like being amongst the kind of scene that was kind of evolving and developing quite mm -hmm. quick? 
I wouldn't say I was like one of the first in the UK. I think there was definitely like a wave of free runners just before me. Mm-hmm. And then I would say I was sort of in that second wave of free runners. Mm-hmm. And we're like a, a little way along mm-hmm. the line now. But um, yeah, definitely when I first started training, I didn't really know any other females in the sport training. And that's certainly changed now. Now there's a massive community of women training free running. Um, but yeah, what was the question again? <laughs> well, no, it's just what was it? What was it like being around that sport as it was kind of emerging and evolving so quickly into mm. kind of almost mainstream media, which is where you see it now. You go across yeah. social, YouTube, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's progressed it's, a lot and become mm. come to the forefront. People know about it now mm. more so than they did, I think. So, yeah, so. I mean, I'd still say that it's progressing really quickly. So it's really mm. exciting to be part of a sport where, literally, from year to year, you can see how the sports progress. Mm. Like things that were considered really hard last year everyone's doing this year it's mm-hmm. kind of like that so yeah nice. it's exciting and then you also say kind of being one of the first females amongst that group did mm. you ever encounter any kind of i don't know gender stereotypes going into that i think we've seen it in other sports where i mean we did a series which was all about female big wave surfers and traditionally okay. females weren't put on big waves but then there's this huge influx one person breaks the barrier and everyone does it mm. do you find that there was ever any kind of imbalance or gender stereotypes that you encountered being that early um, I definitely, I, I wouldn't say I ever experienced any negativity towards me being a female in the sport. Mm. Um, and to be honest, for me, it wasn't something I ever really thought about when I was going out and training. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was me being one female in a group of lots of guys. I never really noticed it, to mm. be honest. So that that didn't really bother me as such. I would say, if anything, it was more that I limited myself being a female That's in the sport, because mm. I never really compared myself to what the guys were doing. Mm. It was sort of like, they're training their thing, and I'm gonna train this little thing over here, mm. because I'd sort of put myself in this box that I'm never gonna be able to do what they're doing. So I'll, I'll do my thing, and they'll train over there doing their thing. Um, whereas I think now, especially the younger girls you see coming up in the sport, I think maybe partly because they've had other female athletes to look up to who were pushing those boundaries a bit, yeah. but there isn't so much of a gap, I think, with the younger generation now. And I think each generation that comes through, I think that gap will get less and less and less. Well, at least I hope so anyway. Yeah. And do you feel like a responsibility to, to kind of encourage that and encourage females into it? Or don't uh, I, think I get asked that, that quite a lot, actually. Yeah. I don't think it's something I'm, I'm not... My main purpose isn't to try and inspire young females in the sport. I'm not going to lie and be like, all I want from my training is to get the younger women out there and confident Mm -hmm. like that isn't my main purpose but if it's a side effect of what I'm doing in my training then I think that's great and if people like if young girls in the sport look up to me and think I want to do what she's doing then that's amazing of Mm -hmm. course but yeah it's not my main goal in life to inspire young people (laughs) and and you you said you get asked it a lot do you think there's also a pressure that because you're a female that's uh, early into it that you need to do that but do you, do you feel there's almost like an expectation that you should should be expected to do that versus... I mean, actually... I didn't, should I? No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I haven't really you, felt like yeah. that. But no, I, I don't know. I think maybe when a lot of people ask me about being uh, like a role model for younger mm. girls, I think a little bit more about what stuff I put out on my social media. And for example, I don't really put out photos of me going out partying now, mm-hmm. which very occasionally I'm actually a very boring person but very occasionally I do go out and drink and you know party but I don't put that kind of stuff on my social media as much Mm -hmm. now like I might put a picture of me like going out but not being like 
Woo! Like that. <laughs> Just like that. That is what I look like on a night out. <laughs> um, we'll, so, we'll take a freeze frame of that. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Thumbnail. Yeah. Replay that in slow-mo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. um, so, yeah, I, I think I do think a little bit about what I put out on my social media with, mm. like, with it in mind that younger girls and guys in the sport might look up to it. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, the reason I asked you, I feel there's often this... There needs people trying to label things, whether it's parkour, free running. There's always this expectation to try and define something. Are you mm. doing exactly this? Or actually, it's just it yeah. can be way more creative and free. And actually, mm. yeah, you're just enjoying what you're doing, and that's that's it. Yeah, I also think it's really funny when people like to think that they have the right to tell you what sort of thing you should be training. <laughs> like, if I just want to train in the gym and do a bunch of flips because that's what I enjoy. I'm not saying that is what I want to do, by the way. <laughs> but say if that were the case, then I think it's fine if people want to do that. Whereas some people are like, no, you must train like this, or you've got to like spend time working on your precisions and your bars and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, actually, if someone just wants to work on getting their cast back as low as possible, just let them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why not? So. And how much, I mean, on that coaching point, how much is there a set path are you going to the gym? Are you eating right? Are you doing all that? Because a lot, or around a lot of the other extreme sports, actually you'll find it's not the traditional athlete route of mm. needs to be certain food, needs to be in the gym here, training this specific muscle so that you can do this specific thing. Is there, yeah. do you just learn by doing it or is there others around it? Yeah, I think definitely going back five, six, seven, eight years ago, mm -hmm. people had this idea that the strength that you needed for free running, you got just through do, doing free running. Um, but definitely in the sport now, there's a lot more people who are lifting weights and training in the gym alongside their free running training mm. and actually realizing that it's hugely beneficial. So I do, I, I train in the gym quite a lot. Cool. I sort of try and eat fairly healthily. I wouldn't say I'm the best example of, you know, an <laughs> athlete in that sense, but I do try and eat fairly healthily most of the time ish. <laughs> I'm not very good at cooking though. So. <laughs> Nice. And then I suppose, at what point did, with all the training, at what point did it come that you said, that I can turn this into a full-time gig? Well, when I was at uni, mm -hmm. sort of when I took that extra fourth year. Oh, as early as that, yeah. yeah. So I think um, in my third year of uni, I'd started getting offered a few little commercial jobs um, mm -hmm. here and there, but not necessarily enough that I felt like, oh, I could make this a full-time career, mm -hmm. but enough that it just sort of sparked something in my head to be like, maybe mm. I could do this, maybe this could actually be a real career option for me. Um, but I definitely didn't feel like I was even a good enough athlete at the time. I mean, I'd only been training a couple of years at that point. And so I really wanted another year to train really hard and see how good I could get. So I feel like I really shouldn't admit it, but my fourth year <laughs> of uni, <laughs> I, my main focus was really training free running. Obviously, it was great to get my master's degree, and I, I, I really, I'm glad that I did that. It's, it's not just like, oh, I just did my fourth year just to be a free runner, but I think it was great to have my master's, and it's also it's something to fall back on if mm -hmm. anything ever yeah. went wrong in my career. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think in that fourth year was when I was like, okay, I think I'm just about getting offered enough work that I can do this and not have to do it as like a part time thing, because mm -hmm. I, I really felt like. If I got a, what we call like a normal career after uni and tried to do free running on the side, I wouldn't have enough time to really push myself to be the athlete I wanted to be. Mm. 
So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm either going to go all in or just not at all. Well, not not at all. I would have trained a bit on the side, I guess. But yeah, I really wanted to go all in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I sort of said to myself, I'll give myself that first year out of uni and see how it goes. And if it went horribly, then I would call it a day. But it went okay. I actually, my first year out of uni, I moved to Mexico though. So I lived there for nine months. That's just wow. like a random little thing. Just well, suddenly yeah. realized my first year, I was like, well, what did I do in my first year? Oh yeah. I was living in Mexico City for a while, but anyway. And what, what, was, what was that about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I went out to Mexico to do a commercial, and I met a boy, oh. and I fell in love. <laughs> love it. And I just decided, yeah, I'll just move there and live with him. <laughs> so I did that, and then we broke up, so that's, you know, another story. Brought you back to the UK. But what I would say was good about that is it meant that I started training with freerunners from a different country, and... Mm-hmm what you well definitely back then you really really noticed that each country had a certain style of Mm. movement Mm -hmm. i think actually now with social media and like where people see so many posts on instagram facebook all of that you i think all of the styles have almost combined a little bit now Mm. but definitely back when i was living in mexico they had such a different style to anything i'd seen in the uk and i think that actually helped me expand myself mm. expand myself that's not right is it <laughs> <We don't laughs> that's expand myself no but like my skill Your set horizons. i guess yeah. my horizons brilliant we'll go with that that helped me expand my horizons there you go <laughs> nice. and what would you say were the kind of what were the style changes or differences that you saw um i think in mexico they have they they put a lot of their focus on flow mm. and like uh the connections between the movements rather than in the UK at the time it was much more about which jump can you do mm. and what's your biggest running precision that you can do and more like individual moves mm. at the time I think now it's quite different I think as I said social media's kind of brought everything together a bit mm. but definitely when I moved to Mexico I was like you know training on one vault and then some of the guys that would be like well why have you stopped? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just keep going and then just keep moving. And I found that actually really hard at first. Really, really hard to just like move out of one movement and try and link it into another one, but not awkwardly. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Cool. And you, I mean, you said straight out of uni, you kind of then went sort of straight into it as a job, a role. Mm. Do you kind of fight that battle of passion versus commercial? You've got to make money. Mm. How, how, how do you balance yeah. that? interesting question I think um, first and foremost it's always been my passion I think uh, I don't want to say anything negative about social media because I'm a massive fan of social media and I think it's really helped our sport progress so much but I think sometimes social media can also begin to feel like a bit of a burden like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll be out training and I'll be having fun doing whatever I'm doing and then I'll think do you know what I haven't filmed anything for Instagram or Facebook Mm -hmm. or whatever today and maybe I need to stop what I'm training and film something. And sometimes that can be a little bit annoying and sort of take the joy out of it a little bit. Yeah, so so actually that, I've, I've sort of caught myself doing that sometimes recently. And I've been like, no, actually, do you know what? I'm just going to train what I'm training and do that today. But I don't know. I can't really remember what the question was. Did that relate to it at all? Yeah, no, it was. It was that, it was that com- <laughs> commercial versus like, passion okay, and how, so, you, how you keep it fun and And also with, with, the, with the work side of things, yeah, no, I, I, I would say, like, first and foremost, it's always just been my passion doing free running. Mm-hmm. But occasionally when, especially when I had, like, a lot of work coming in and you're sort of going from one job to the next, it it did feel like work. There were certain yeah. days on set where I'm 
doing a run that I'm being asked to do 20 times that, I don't know, it starts to feel like, God, this is actually really taking its toll on my body now. It's, it's feeling like work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that can sometimes take the joy out of it a bit, but it's different. Yeah. As soon as I'm back yeah. to training mode, it's like I'm in training mode now. That's my time. And yeah. So yeah, how, how do you then battle that? Is it just you kind of have one of those days and actually you just do a bit, bit for yourself in the evening or the next day or just take some time out and, and find the, the passion side of it again? Or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think... Have I ever lost my passion for the sport? Uh, I think maybe when I've had to come back from big injuries and I've been struggling to get back to where I was, I think that's actually been a harder thing than battling the sort of career fun, like you're doing it for yourself thing. I think it's actually when I've been coming back from big injuries and feeling frustrated with my training. I think that's the only time when I've almost started to lose passion for the sport, when I've just felt like I'm not even progressing here at all. Um, I've just taken a massive step backwards. And then I've sort of had moments where I've been like, do I even enjoy this anymore? This just feels like work now, trying to get back to where I was and Mm -hmm. trying to be one of the leading females in the sport. And um, yeah, I think that's probably like the only moments where I've felt a bit less passionate about the sport. Yeah, I suppose that's just the human aspect, isn't it? It's that Mm. whole thing of actually knowing where you've come, how far you've got to get back to it. So yeah, I think you've got to always account for that human human factor with it all. So you just, um, yeah, you touched on the mental side of it and obviously going through injuries, just talk us through, because mm. it's, it's a pretty physical sport, you're using your body all the yeah. time, what happens when you get an injury, what injuries have you had, and then how do you kind of come back from that? Mm. Yeah, I think uh, the worst injuries that I have actually from the sport are the ones that you've sort of built up over time, and it's not like, oh, I've had this one bad bail and I've broken my arm I've actually never broken my arm but um as an example it's it's not been things like that it's more the wear and tear injuries and the things like for example I've had Achilles issues and I went to get them scanned and they came back and the guy was like okay your Achilles aren't great but to like more to the point your ankles in general that he was like you've got chips in your ankles you've got a cyst forming here you've got fluid where it shouldn't be and I was like no oh yeah that's not great is it? No. and he was like yeah. how are you landing right now without it being painful I was like well it is painful and he was like that's not normal I was like oh that's yeah. not normal <laughs> <laughs> but so I think it's more like those sort of injuries and then realizing that I actually need to manage those and not just push through pain all the time and yeah I think it's those injuries that are the more mm-hmm. difficult ones mm-hmm. rather than ones where say for example um what injuries have I had that are like the other kind of example? Like I've dislocated my elbow before right. and that's the sort of injury where it sucks at the time. You can't train for a while. But once you've done all of the rehab, then it's kind of like, okay, well, now I just carry on. It's more the ones that they stay bad for a very long time and your training actually just keeps on making them worse and then it's finding that balance of do I just push through this pain or do I sort of give myself a chance to try and recover but it's hard to recover from injuries that are long-term wear and tear injuries anyway this is yeah too negative <laughs> long yeah. out of it this is becoming yeah. very depressing yeah. <laughs> no but do you find you have to be mentally strong through that especially like you said the long filming days doing something eight ten times over yeah um do you, yeah is it like mentally demanding or is it kind of actually you're sort of just in the zone and it's just more like, of a physical thing in what's like with injuries or what no just generally so when when you're kind of competing mm. and even through injury having to come back how much does your mental state play a role in how you perform or is it just it's, it's physical you just get on with it no i think it's if anything i'd say it's more mental than physical a lot of the time okay, okay. um i think even for me right now i've taken 
quite a bit of time not completely out of training but I've had to take a little step back on my training um, for stunt work that I've been doing recently that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point along the line in this <laughs> podcast yeah. video cast here's my face <laughs> um, um, and I think definitely the hardest thing for me has been the mental side of it and almost the fear of doing things that I know I'm still physically capable of doing but now suddenly that concrete ground looks really daunting compared yeah. to the crash mats I've been landing on mm. doing stunts. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think the mental aspect of it is huge. Mm. Nice. And then I suppose jumping to social media, been huge on social media for a while. Again, kind of like early on there, I know you're on Facebook or on Instagram, mm. on a few of the other ones as well. So almost going back, how would you feel like working social media as your advantage has helped you career-wise? Do you think that's opened a lot of doors? Yeah, I'm sure. I think a lot of uh, a lot of coordinators or casting directors have found me through my social media. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm I'm not sure like what percentage that would be, but I'm sure that most of them didn't just search for. Well, actually, I, I guess people probably either find me for work by searching for a female free runner in the, in the UK, or mm. they have seen me on social media and then they thought, okay, we'll get her in. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess it's helped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> naturally. And then I suppose, yeah, jumping forward, the next big one, Ninja Warrior UK. We can't mm. not talk about this. Talk us through that. I mean, that's still huge now. It's all over TV. Yeah. It's international. You're seeing it all around the world. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? That must have been pretty cool. Yeah, I think um, my experience on series one of Ninja Warrior was really fun, really mm. positive, And I did quite well in series one. Mm. In fact, that's probably the best I've ever done on the show. Yeah, I was going to say quite well is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I did quite well on that. I got to the finals of that. Um, and then I think coming back for Series 2, it was a completely different experience, actually. Mm-hmm. I think, well, first of all, I had just come back from an injury when Series 2 was about to start filming. Mm-hmm. And they'd asked me to do it, and I'd said, I'm not really sure about it because I've just been injured. I've, I've only just started getting back into training. I don't feel like I'm anywhere near as strong as I was for series one Mm -hmm. but I was somehow convinced to do it anyway and I remember I turned up um, for day one of shooting and I had a few people run up to me like oh my god you're the expert like tell us how we do it and I was suddenly like oh my gosh people think I'm really good at this (laughs) and I'm feeling the weakest I felt in years right now and that was suddenly like oh this doesn't feel fun anymore Mm. this suddenly feels like a lot of pressure on me to do well and I really don't think I am going to and I didn't. I went yeah, out in the heat. So series mm-hmm. series two was awful for me. I literally, I, I didn't get through my heat. So I didn't even make it into the semifinals, let alone the finals. And it was just like, oh, why did I even go back? Like, I should have just left it in a high on series one. Mm. Um, but then I think I then went back and did series three. Should we just talk through? <laughs> <laughs> so then series three, um, they sort of gave me a chance to redeem myself. And, and I did. I completed the semifinal again, but not quick enough to make it through to the final, they only take, I think, the top 15 or something go through. Oh, right. I think it's changed now. I think each um, series, they do it slightly different. But um, yeah, so I was given a chance to redeem myself and then I went out and did the USA versus the world Ninja Warrior out in okay. Vegas. How, how does that differ from, mm. from it oh, being over here? As it's on a completely different <laughs> level out there. I mean, I, I feel like the people who do well on Ninja Warrior in the UK are people who are either free runners or climbers or people who are good at their own sport and then can sort of do well on Ninja Warrior because of mm. that. 
but the people who are good at it in the US are people who train Ninja Warrior full time. Yeah, like yeah. Ninja Warrior is a sport in the US. Um, you see some of the rigs in their houses and stuff. Like yeah, all the, all the my friend Jessie, her whole house is sort of rigged for Ninja Warrior. Really, really? Yeah, so I think it's on a completely different level. Mm. I mean, there's no way I could go out to America and compete with the girls out there on Ninja Warrior. Mm. No way, because that is what they do. They do mm. that full time. It's like if they came and competed in a free running competition, I'd like to think they wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, maybe they would. <laughs> but it's like the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like That is what they train and they're amazing at it. They're mm. really amazing at it. Did you ever think of changing careers to be Ninja Warrior expert? No. Never. Not <laughs> I did get to be the ninja once on Ninja Warrior though. I don't know if you've seen this show, but they, they show the ninja doing obstacles before oh, right. they have the contestants go on. And on series four, I didn't compete on the show, but I was a course tester for it. So I got to test some of the obstacles before the contestants ran the course. And I was asked to be the ninja one time. Cool. So they filmed me doing the run in like a full ninja suit that was made to fit the guys so I couldn't really see out of it but I did it actually like at one point the mask sort of came down and was like covering one of my eyes so I was like climbing down this rope like I can't see yeah. but I was the ninja so you know That's highlight career claim to fame right highlight yeah. career career highlight, career yeah. highlight. <laughs> <laughs> nice and then I suppose yeah post ninja warrior what was the kind of reaction what was the growth of the back of that and I mean I know you've done four seasons well three seasons and four was the ninja yeah. What was the general reaction post that? Was that, I mean, I mean, um, obviously people don't know you're the ninja for season four, but the first three seasons. I, there were other ninjas, by the way. I wasn't the only no, one. You're not the only one. Okay. Not the only one. <laughs> In our eyes, you were the yeah. ninja. <laughs> I like to think of myself as the ninja yeah. too, but there were others, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah, I think after, after season one of Ninja Warrior, I had a little bit of uh, jumping followers on social mm. media. But, like, not massively. I think maybe, like, six seven thousand new followers or something it wasn't like overnight i had a hundred thousand new followers or something Mm. it was like a small jump but a jump of ninja warrior fans nonetheless which is always nice to have like a different uh group of people following you Mm. um but yeah i don't know i i I don't feel like i noticed a massive difference in my career off the back of doing Mm. ninja warrior let's put it that way cool and then what what created that shift then into the kind of stunt movies element Mm. to your career um, well, my, the first movie that I worked on was Assassin's Creed. And it's a pretty good one to start with. Yeah? yeah did, I mean, it's, did it's you like the movie? Yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. Most people don't, but no, sure. <laughs> but, but I mean, as far as the kind of focus, Assassin's Creed, even when you play the game, all that kind of stuff, it's around yeah. that parkour is a, or free running parkour is a big element to, that, to what that is. In, exactly. It's in so the that, DNA of what it is. Right? That is why how I got into it, really. They needed someone who could do that sort of free running parkour side of it like the big roof gaps and stuff like that actually the the big roof gap in it that I rehearsed I didn't get to shoot on the day because I separated my AC joint in my shoulder a few days before and got sent home so actually my first stunt experience didn't go so well I was out in Malta for Assassin's Creed and I was supposed to be out there for a while and I ended up being there maybe three or four weeks and then got injured and sent home so didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, and how, how was that kind of to take mentally, sort of put you off it or actually kind of fired you up, you want to do more? No, it, it didn't put me off stunts at all because the thing that I injured it on was so stupid. I mean, it was something we hadn't even rehearsed because it was such a little, like, oh, we just need you to like step up on this table, jump over there and vault out the window, which sounds kind of crazy being like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it was a nothing thing. Yeah. I just had to jump here and vault yeah. out the window. Yeah. But that is really a nothing thing. Um, 
And yeah, so the fact that I got injured doing something as stupid as that is, it wasn't like, oh my goodness, I have a fear of doing stunt work now mm-hmm. because it was a free running thing and I just messed up. I couldn't really see where I was going because of the smoke in the room. That's another story. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that didn't put me off doing stunts at all. <laughs> and just explain like turning up first day you meeting all the actors, all the stars, or just yeah, what what is an actual what is give us the nitty gritty of what are the actual experiences? Um, well, you you do meet your actors like if if you're doubling an actress, obviously you spend a lot of time with them, and often you're, um, I mean, actors do do a lot of their own stuff, and it's through you prepping it for them and then explaining to them how to do it uh, that they manage to do a lot of stuff themselves. Um, but yeah, I think my my first day on Assassin's Creed was really daunting though because the movie world is very different to commercials. I think I I kind of turned up thinking I've worked on loads of different productions and loads of commercials and I've done TV, I've done this, that and the other. I was like, yeah, I, I know how this works. And you turn up, it's like, oh, film is really different. Yeah. Things work differently around here. For one, I've got a radio and I'm like... Eh? how do I even talk on this thing and people be like um, go for Katie and I'm like hello like, <laughs> how do you even reply I don't know um, so yeah it's like learning all of those little things or just just things like if for example on one day I see that the actress I'm doubling is going to be in a harness at some point that day I need to then think okay so first thing I need to go and get her harness and put it in her trailer or she might not be getting ready in her trailer it might be in a easy up on set so finding out where she's going to be getting ready make sure all her stuff all her pads are there and yeah I think it's those kind of things that I had never experienced before Mm -hmm. so turning up and being it's it's not like people expect you to know what you're doing without telling you but I think sometimes people forget that actually you haven't worked on a film before and you don't Mm. know how things work yeah Uh, so yeah it was quite daunting (laughs) so with your introduction into the stunt world was there any specific training that you needed to take up or learn or was it quite an easy transition from free running into stunts do you need courses or qualifications or any of that kind Mm. of stuff to be able to do that as well yeah, this is such a sore subject though, because <laughs> <laughs> really to be doing stunts in the UK, you should go through the British Stunt Register, um, which means that you have to qualify in six different areas. Uh, so people often do like horse riding, or you have to do a martial arts. There's gymnastics, trampolining, high diving, um, scuba diving. All of these. There's like lots of different things, and they're they're in different categories, and you have to pick like one from each category and qualify in those areas and get to a really high level in those things as well. I think you have to be at one level below a black belt in the martial art oh, you do, wow. for example. Okay, like it's, it. it's not just like do a week's course. It's like, no, you yeah. have to get really good in each of the things. Um, and then you have to do a certain number of days on set as an extra or something. And there's all these boxes that you have to tick to get onto the stunt register mm. to be a stunt performer in the UK. Unless... You happen to have a specialist skill that they're looking for that they can't find anyone on the register for. Mm. So that's how I managed to get into it because they didn't have females who could do some of the free running stuff that they needed. So I kind of got brought into it that way and then kind of managed to just sort of stick around. (laughs) (laughs) Trick people into thinking that I'm meant to be there. Make it till you make it. (laughs) Yeah, sort of something like that. But do you find any kind of backlash off the back of that of people trying to trying to be negative against that yeah 100% yeah yeah definitely people are like what you're not on the register like why are you even here 
I'm like, I don't know, I got asked to be here. Yeah. I didn't just turn up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I was asked to be here. Uh, no, but people can be negative about it. But I think that's, um, I feel like people have been quite negative towards me about that until they've really worked with me and known how hard I train and how hard I've trained to be there and to have earned my place on that mm. team. Um, like I have literally had people say to me before, like, it's not fair that you're here because people have trained to be on the stunt register and they deserve it more than you. And I've sort of turned around and in as nice a way as I could possibly put it, I've said, actually, I'm pretty sure I've trained harder <laughs> to get here. Yeah. But um, yeah, because people don't know how hard you've trained to do what you're doing to have got you that spot on that movie. And mm. I think then when they've met me and they've sort of seen that, like even after work, I'm like, right, I'm going to go to gymnastics now and train. They're like, you're going to train now after work. And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I'm really passionate about my sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's also one of the things that, you know, it's often the unseen that you don't understand with a lot of people. It's, it's people who are going out there, they're training late at night, they're putting in the extra hours. Mm. And a lot of people want to make that snap decision and judge someone on the surface. They don't realise all of the work that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think that's probably a perfect example of that. Mm. Which yeah, kind there's of... That, there's that really cool iceberg picture, isn't it? Of like yeah. That, yeah, exactly that. All the, all the hard yeah, work yeah, yeah. Exactly underneath that underneath it and people don't see and mm -hmm. appreciate that. Mm. So I think it'd be pretty hard not to talk about Star Wars whilst we're on stunt work. Okay. I mean... <laughs> Come on, it's Star Wars. Like, yeah, I've, I've, you know, never, I've never seen any of them, so this is this is <laughs> well, all you. So I've only seen them because I wanted to know what was going on in Episode Nine when I went to watch it. So I watched through all of them in like the week leading up to that. But I mean, it's mm -hmm. a it's a big deal. I think yeah. is what you're alluding yeah. to, and it, it really is. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah. that's. So I mean, yeah, how did that opportunity come about to start with? Um, well, the stunt coordinator on that, uh, Eunice, who I've worked with quite a bit since as well. She's amazing. Love her. Um, she needed someone who could do some free running stuff for Daisy Ridley's character, Ray. Mm -hmm. um, in the end, actually, it turned out that the character didn't have such a free running style. I think, um, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think that Daisy and JJ and maybe Eunice together decided actually if her character hadn't done so much free running stuff before, it would be a bit weird if suddenly she was vaulting and flipping. And I mean, she does flip in it, but like having that real free running style. Mm. So I think um, a lot of the stuff that I first went in and rehearsed was a lot of free running stuff, which is why they brought me in. Again, they only really bring people in if you're a specialist and they need you. Um, uh, actually, most of that stuff that we rehearsed didn't get used. But um, while I was there working with that team, there was a lot of wire work for me to do, which is where you're wearing a harness and you're attached to some tech and they launch you through the air. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. And they sort of realised that I'm all right at that stuff as well and yeah I've just got on with the team so they've they kept me on and yeah I've worked with that team for a couple of years now so amazing that so, says says something about what you do and how you do it mm. I think yeah maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what what about other movies that you've kind of been in what have been the highlights or other things that you've been working on I mean Star Wars is definitely the highlight for me I think there was a moment when we were filming out in Jordan in the desert and I was on a speeder which is like a flying vehicle. Obviously, the one I was on wasn't actually flying. They Aww. did that in post-production. No um, <laughs> but there was this moment where I was out there in the desert pretending to drive this speed, and my friend Luke was actually down there really driving it. Um, and I've got Stunt Chewy in the back and BB-8 <laughs> down there. Real BB-8, though. Real. Yeah. Superstar. Um, and I'm just driving along and thinking, this is mental. 
I'm like speeding along, not attached to anything, standing on this speeder, pretending I'm driving, turning back and like shooting stormtroopers. Like, what? This is mental. This not is my life right now. You're living yeah. every 10 year old dream. Right exactly. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was definitely like a moment where I was like, wow, mm. this is, this is cool. Yeah. Mm, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, and then, yeah, future plans, anything else big in the movie pipeline that you can talk about, or are you kind of um, quite tight-lipped on some of these, I imagine? Yeah, not too much. I've just finished shooting a new Marvel thing, but okay. I don't know how much I can talk about that, so it's probably mm. best I just don't say anything, just yeah. to not I found a bit on IMDb, thing. but if you're not saying anything, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> oh, I think, but then, yeah. surely it's public knowledge. What, what have you, you found, Wonder Woman, then? I think you're Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's that not one? Marvel, that's DC, so... Um, <laughs> I'll stick with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, Wonder Woman. I actually I worked on Wonder Woman before Star Wars, but Star yeah. Wars just happened to come out first. Um, oh, no, right, this is okay, like a, a new Marvel thing. But okay. Again, I just I don't want to say the wrong thing, yeah, so yeah. I'll just say nothing. We're going to get in trouble. Nice. And then yeah, where do you kind of want to see your career going next? Are you going to stick? Do you want to carry on doing the stunt performance work? Do you want to go back to mm. free running? Do you want to kind of bounce between the two? Yeah, I mean, I. I I really love stunts. Mm. Doing stunts is really fun, very cool. I think also something about working on movies is that that movie sort of lives forever. Like mm. long after I'm yeah. gone, my flip over the TIE fighter will mm. still exist and people will still be watching it. Um, but free running is still my absolute passion. Like mm. first and foremost, I've always thought of myself as a free runner, not a stunt performer, mm -hmm. as I think I said in the intro to all of this. Um, and so really the next year or two, I year or two at least I really want to push my running training mm -hmm. because I feel like over the last couple of years where I've been focused so much on stunts although I carried on training free running and I, as I said I was like going to gymnastics classes in the evenings and trying to do my free running stuff there it's it's quite different to when you're training it every day mm -hmm. and living and breathing free running which is kind of what I want to go back to a little bit of course if stunt opportunities come up I'm not going to turn them down Although I did just turn down the next movie, sort of. But anyway, yeah. that's, that's beside the point. I mean, if, if there's, like, stunt work that comes up that I feel like it's, like, a little job here and there where I can sort of fit them in around my training, then that would be great. But, I mean, I don't have necessarily that long left doing free running at the top of my game. Mm -hmm. So I think while I can still do it, I really want to push that and try and see how far I can get with it. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, right now and for the next few years, free running is going to be my main focus. But of course, like if stunt work comes up, I'm so happy to take it. I love doing stunts. So. Mm. And I mean, you said want to follow the free running thing. What what is there in the free running world that you can do? I mean, for people that don't necessarily understand the types of competitions or, or what's out there. Yeah, I mean, what what areas are you focusing on? What in in terms of how I can make money doing free running? Yeah, or is in like make or, that my full time? Yeah, or just thing. or just how what what is it? Why are you going back to that? What is it that you like? And yeah, what how are you going to then? Yeah, so make I think money like. If you want to do free running full time, I mean, either you can be competing and winning competitions. Unfortunately, in our sport at the moment, the prize money isn't massive. But certainly, if you're going along to all the competitions and winning them all, you can live off that. Mm. Um, but it's not like you're winning hundreds of thousands. You're you're winning maybe a few a few thousand here and there. Mm. Um, personally, I actually haven't done too much of the competing side before, so mm. that is something that I'd like to consider. Um, however, you can also do like the commercial side of stuff like doing the like a few days here and there shooting for different brands also um doing social media brand deals is a really cool way of making some money and yep. actually doing what you love like what i like about doing brand deals is that often i'll be given all of the rain with it they'll be like 
we'd love to work with you how do you think you can make that work and I'm like oh, okay and I get to think about being like having a bit of creative input into it as well mm. so I really like doing that or if you're really lucky you get sponsored I'm not sponsored so you know yeah. <laughs> hit me up <laughs> if you want to sponsor me that's great um, no I'm not sponsored right now but if I got a sponsor that would be really cool mm-hmm. but yeah there's like or you can you can become like a coach and work in a gym but that's not necessarily the route that I want to go down mm-hmm. but that's another thing you can do to be a full time free runner I guess mm-hmm. and it's interesting to hear you said um, you're interested in potentially doing some of the competition side because yeah. again a lot of other extreme sports there tends to be that you go down the competition route and compete, or there's the kind of video, mm. uh, more freestyle yeah. route, and um, yeah, kind of Which put I out edits and. I would yeah. say that's more of the route that I've been down before. Like I, I really love making content. My content isn't necessarily the best thing in the whole world, and it's mm-hmm. not like highly edited. And I, I'm not like putting out crazy like 4K beautifully shot stuff. I'm just like talking to my camera and being like. Hey, it's me. Um, yeah, I love vlogging. Like for me, vlogging is just like something that I can look back on in future. Well, you know, if you have grandkids one day, you can be like, look, it's this is that time well, I was like I doing flips and things, and these are all the adventures I went on. Because I feel like, especially sort of 2015 to 2017 for me, I was just traveling nonstop to the point where sometimes I forget places I've been, and then I'll see like a vlog of mine pop up and be like, oh my god, remember that trip? <laughs> and um, so for me, like that's what I love vlogging. Mm. Even like my Instagram, I, I think of that as it's just like a visual diary, really, isn't it? Of like mm. things I've done and like a, a training diary as well. Like stuff, like sometimes I'll be like, what was that? I was like trying to put this combo together before. What was it I was doing? And I'm like, I'll go back through my own feed because you know, you've got to stalk yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, what was that amazing <laughs> thing I did back then? Oh, that one. No, mm. but do you know what I mean? It is just like it's something to look back on and be like, wow, these are all the things that I've done. Mm. So I think I've definitely always been more of that side, but I would love to compete in the future. I have competed before. It's not like I've never competed, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not what my main focus was before. But maybe, maybe in future, I'll yeah. look into doing that more. <laughs> cool. and have you have you seen much or been involved with the the chase tag element Gosh, of parkour? Yeah. And that mm-hmm. that's something that we've seen, especially on our Facebook page and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's an area that's popping, and it's kind of the old yeah. old school game of tag with mixture of parkour and free running. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends compete in World Chase Tag, and I've spoken to the guys who run it, and mm-hmm. they're they're really cool. Um, I've been along to like test out the course and have a play on it before, but I haven't competed myself. Um, would I compete in that? Maybe I would. Mm, cool. I mean, it's definitely, it's not something I've completely closed off mm. the idea of doing that. But again, it's also not something where I'm like, oh, my, my main goal for 2020 is to win World Chase Tag. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But it, it is really cool. I think mm. what they're doing is super fun. So. And with that, with that shift, you're obviously living in the UK at the moment, lived mm. in Mexico for a little bit as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, are, you, are you firmly based in the UK or? or no, your... actually, I'm, I'm moving to LA next month. Oh, wow. But okay. not for like long, long term. I'll maybe be there. I think probably what I'm going to do is I'll go out there and I'll get a place for six months and see how I feel after that. Maybe mm. stay a year or two. I have a working visa for the US, so I feel like I should use yeah, that. Make full use of it, yeah. Yeah, why not? Mm. And I think LA is a really cool city for free running because you've got really cool gyms there you've got a cool community my friend Sydney Olsen's out there she's probably one of well one of if not the top female in free running right now so training with her like we train really well together mm. um, and so yeah it'll be cool to train with her more train in their gyms also the weather come on like yeah it's hard not to overlook that isn't it exactly like <laughs> I mean training in the UK can be such a nightmare at times because when it's cold and wet 
of course people are like yeah but you know the rain provides like new challenges and I'm like yeah but it also takes away a lot of challenges yeah. that I wanted to do <laughs> it's like it's really not that fun being freezing and soaking and trying to go out and train but you know LA will be different because nice. and have you spent, spent much time there before or is that like a completely yeah new no I've spent so quite you're, you're I've spent a bit of time out there I, I've sort of been there for weeks at a time I think I've the longest I've spent there in one go is probably about four weeks. But so I think living out there will be quite different. But I love the place. So and if I get sick of it, I'll just come home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. And then outside kind of work, free running, what do you like to do? Are there any other extreme sports or what mm. you know, what are your kind of passions outside of I mean mm. it's hard because free running is your passion, but outside of that passion, yeah. what else kind of, you know, makes you tick? Uh, but it's because I feel like the other things that I enjoy doing are sort of still kind of related to free running. Mm. Like I enjoy like bouldering and I enjoy calisthenics. Mm-hmm. But both of those things you can sort of apply. Like they're quite linked to free running. Mm-hmm. Um, but like completely separately. I mean, there must be other things I like, right? Yeah, I heard <laughs> a little bit of partying was, was, was one of yeah, the Yeah, no, I'm actually really not a big partier. I'm yeah. actually so boring. Um, I quite like doing crafts. Oh, I'm not necessarily very say. good at it, but my friend Fizz and I, we sometimes have like a craftoon, we call it. Craftoon. Yeah, and we'll just like sit and make something. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, when I said I'm lives. really quite yeah. boring. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's the best thing you've made? Um, I'm trying to work out what this would be. Gosh, what have we made? <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up, not us. <laughs> we went to a, a terrarium workshop and we made what? like a little, it's like a glass thing with, plants in and it it creates its own little ecosystem so oh, wow. I think I've been it. looking at this same these the botanical guys whatever they're called the yeah. botanical boys I've been looking at doing this for ages yeah, so it's it's it looks really that. cool but, you know, <laughs> I'll just throw myself straight in with you <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it looks really cool <laughs> like, really lost. yeah you're like terrarium yeah. 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 Um, yeah or we like made snowmen at Christmas you know just not as in out in snow like as in yeah. <laughs> like little <laughs> toy ones god I, we need to change the subject I yeah. could not sound more boring like, I'd be like what extreme sports do you do I'm like I knit. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I've seen a whole new side. <laughs> nice. And then I guess if we're moving off topic, if you've got to look back over your career, where mm. are some of the highs and lows? I mean, there's a few obvious highs. You can't. For me, it's always going to be Star Wars. You can't not over yeah. Star Wars. That's but are there any any other little bits along your career that you kind of look back on mm. and think, you know, that was a real low mo low moment that challenged me, or that was a real high moment I kind of felt like I earned and got to the the peak of. Yeah, I would say there's um, there's like separate areas of that. There's like the sort of career highlight things, like the things like Star Wars or like some of the commercials I've done have been pretty cool. Mm. Like, for example, I, I did a commercial for Fendi where they, they made a parkour park, especially for me and Eric, and we just did this, like, we, we basically had free reign and they created a park for us on the top of their headquarters in Rome, and we were just like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, so like, awesome. there are moments like that where you're like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, or some of the travelling that I've got to do, like shoots that take you to really cool places. Like, well, uh, the first thing that came to mind was Moscow, but that's actually not one of the coolest places. It's very cold. I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very it's cold. It was minus th- Oh, sorry, just kicking the table. It's, <laughs> it was minus thirty on the roof we were shooting at in Moscow. Anyway, um, wow. but then aside from career highlights, I think there's also the more like personal highlights. So for me, that was things like landing my first cork. It took me five years to land a cork, which you know nowadays people learn that in like a few sessions but for me like at the time there weren't really any females doing corks on flat 
I mean, they're, they're, I think they were in like the tricking world, but it wasn't like I had loads of people to look up to. Mm-hmm. So in my head, it was built up to be this really big thing. So it took five years of like pushing through fear barriers <laughs> and stuff mm-hmm. to land my first cork. And so for me, like moments like that where you land your first one of something that you've been trying for years is like, that's a massive highlight. Mm-hmm. So... And yeah, travel, well. you mentioned you've been to a few different places, Moscow being one, but where else? <laughs> um, I don't know, like loads of places. I've, I've worked out in China, I've worked in South Africa, um, Buenos Aires, like all over. Like, I, yeah, I'm I mean, just going to start like naming cities yeah. and countries. <laughs> no, but there's not, not a lot of people that get to see all these places and mm. the fact that your job takes you somewhere like that is, is Yeah, cool I'm definitely itself. really fortunate. I've been able to travel loads in my job. Jordan, going to the desert, it's quite cool. <laughs> wow. And what's been the toughest environment that you've had to work in? I mean, maybe minus 30? Or, or yeah, um, the it was actually a Russian movie that I was working on in Moscow. And everyone else there was Russian. And they're quite good at running on ice, it turns out. It's like, <laughs> because they've been sort of brought up in really slippery conditions, I guess. <laughs> um, they were like running across these icy rooftops as if it was just concrete. And I was like, I can barely walk on this without falling over. How are you doing this? <laughs> so that was really challenging. Oh, and wow. also just the fact that like breathing was hard. Like because <laughs> when it's minus 30, if I was like breathing through my mouth, then it would make me cough. And if I breathe through my nose, then all my bogeys would freeze. <laughs> and so it was just like, I, I can't do breathing here. Yeah. Breathing is hard, <laughs> which makes everything else even more hard. Yeah. And if, if someone was trying to get into this world looking at what you're doing and saying, hey, mm. that's that's exactly what I want to do in the future, mm. what would you recommend as the kind of the journey, the route to go? Um, I think I would say that it's important to try and find a group of people who you can train with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that might be a personal thing for me, but I feel like I progress so much more when I'm training with other people. And also just having people who know a little bit more than you do who can be like, this is a good technique for this move or that kind of thing. Um, But also I'd say just really drill your basics and get good at all of your basics because that's something I didn't do and I think I really paid for like later along down the line when I was like looking to do bigger moves and it's like, I can't really learn that move because I can't do that basic move that everyone can do. I can't actually do it very well. Mm. And so like even things like, um, I spent a lot of time out in Russia and when I got out there, I realized that the way I'd been doing backflips was actually really not going to help me progress any other flips, like being able to twist or being able to do double flips. Like my technique for a backflip, something as simple as that, uh, was just a little bit off. So I had to relearn how to backflip and then be like, okay, now I can progress in my other flips. Mm. So I I, I don't think backflips are necessarily a very good example, but especially for parkour stuff, like all your vaults and jumps and rolls and climb ups which is literally like when you're in your cat position on a wall and then you get up on top of the wall (laughs) (laughs) um so like just like having good technique for those things before you try and push and do bigger things Mm. i guess i would say that yeah are there more freestyle gyms around now that kind of make that easier or you'd still kind of say actually Mm. you regardless you really need to focus on those basics get them down and then build on that I mean, I think that definitely people who are starting in the sport now have a huge advantage in the fact that there are a lot of facilities where people can go and learn. And there's a lot of classes now. There wasn't really a class that I could go to, I think. It was more just like training with friends and trying to copy what they were doing. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes maybe they don't even know the best technique and you learn back bad technique from watching them. I'm not saying that that was the case for me, <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> not pointing your fingers, but... <laughs> yeah, you ruined this for me. Yeah, um, yeah uh, 
can't remember really where we were going with that. But yeah, there's like a lot more facilities now, mm. like in the UK, but I think especially in the US, I mean, it's pretty cool facilities out there, which is hence why I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> and then where would you, or where do you hope to see the sport or sort of industry evolve or go to next? Where's, where would you like to see it expand to? Uh, I think it kind of is expanding to mm. where I would want to see it expanding to. I mean, it's still progressing mm. so quickly. I can't even tell you. It's just, it's crazy. Like, you look at some of the moves that have won best trick at competitions in the past, and now they're the sort of thing that it's, like, really considered very standard. Mm. And it's like, wow, okay, this sport is progressing really quickly. Mm. Um, I think it would be great if the sport was more recognised by people from outside of the sport. Um, I think it is becoming a more well-known thing. Like, I think going back five, six years, if I said to someone I do parkour, they'd be like, you do what now? Yeah. Whereas now, if you say you do parkour, I'd say like nine out of ten or maybe even more people know what it is. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's great. But I think it would also be cool if more brands got involved with it. And, and if it became a little bit easier for people to be able to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. I think I just spat a bit. Should we just ignore that? It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Didn't say it, Didn't say it. No, no, no. no one said it. I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think if it became easier for people to get sponsors, for example, I'm not actually just trying to push for someone yeah. to sponsor me, but it does sound a bit like that. Why not? But, um, yeah, um, I think that would be cool if more sponsors got involved with the sport. Mm. Do you kind of see a potential of it being in the Olympics in some way? Because I mean, skateboard, mm. BMX... Um, surfer just just coming yeah. to the Olympics, so the more extreme freestyle type sports are yeah. getting recognised in that way. Would you think that's a positive thing, or do you see that in the future of it? Yeah, I definitely see that happening in the future. I think there's already a lot of talk about it happening. I'm not sure 100 percent which year they're looking at it becoming an Olympic sport, but I know there's definitely a lot of talk about it. But again, that's quite a controversial topic. Like a yeah. lot of people don't want it to be in the, the Olympics. I mean, for me personally, I think it would be great. Mm. I think if I could say that. I'd competed in the Olympics in anything. I think that's amazing. And I think now also free running is sort of, most people are happy to accept that it's a a competitive sport. Mm. Whereas going back a few years, people didn't like the idea of it even being like a competitive sport at all, let alone in the Olympics. Um, But I think, I don't know, for me, I I see it as being a good thing. Mm. No, I'm with you on that one. I think it'd be, I I think it fits quite naturally within the Olympic kind of ethos. Um, what does the next five, ten years hold for mm. you? Or I mean, do you even plan that far ahead, or is it you think that's a negative thing to do, or a positive thing to have a direction to move towards? What's your? Um, I think it's important to have some sort of idea of what you want to do. Mm. I mean, I only ever really look sort of at the next year, um, but I think it's good to also have flexibility within that because you never mm. know like what work opportunities are going to come up or what injuries you might have. So you don't want to have such a set goal that it's like, if I don't make it here, then I've like failed this year and then you get injured and you actually can't physically get to where you want it to be. I think it's quite good to have some sort of flexibility in that. Um, As I said, for me, I've just kind of been thinking about the next year ahead. And for me, that's just wanting to really progress in free running. Because I think, um, as I said, where I was working on stunts, I had to take a little bit of a step back from free running. So I'd really like to at least get back to the level I was at a couple of years ago which to be fair I don't think I'm far off that but I think it's more of a as we spoke about before like a mental mental thing so I think it's getting back on top of my mental game and then hopefully progressing to be the best athlete I've ever been and how are you how are you going to do that I mean we just touched on the mental bit Mm. uh, there are you going to 
get coaching, mental coaching, or is that not a thing you'd want to do? Yeah, what's your kind of It's definitely not strategy? something I considered. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is a thing that I should do, actually, but I've never even thought about that, to be honest. That's quite interesting. Um, for me, it's just a case of um, getting back in the gym for a start, like the fitness gym, getting mm-hmm. strong again. Um, getting stronger than I've ever been, in fact. That's kind of my goal right now. And uh, getting on top of my diet, just, just treating myself more like an athlete, so that I can be a better athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just training, just training more training. I, I want to be training almost every day. I like to give myself like a day off here and there to recover, mm-hmm. but just getting back into that sort of grind of training every day. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. Nice, so we've got a few questions from social media for you. Okay. Uh, first one from good, good, one, two, three is, do you know, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna laugh at some of these, <laughs> these names. <laughs> Uh, do you know what the next film or project you're going to be working on is? Although well, we kind of covered this, I don't know if you can say anything, can you? Oh no, because I've already worked on that one. Yeah. Um, and I can't really say, can't anything, say anything about that. But then, no, I actually don't know what I've got coming up mm. in the pipeline. I mean, I know a, a couple of like brand deals that I'm doing, but uh, I don't know what is the next movie I'll be working on mm. or anything like that. As I said, just going to focus on training for a bit. That's cool. Fair enough. I mean, that also kind of covers the next one from Order 44, which was, yeah, what are the next brand deals you're working on? Any big, cool brands? Oh, again, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Yeah, this I mean, is this is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is not going to go very well. Pulse, I can't no say. Comment. I can't like. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think. I, well, are there any I'm ones sure that you, you want to work with? Have you got any yeah. targets in mind that you'd be like, look, I want to work with Extreme? Mm. Oh, I'd work. love to work with Extreme. Done. All right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, not necessarily, and I don't want to say people and then their competition not want to work with me, you know. <laughs> any any categories, like automotive, electronic, or anything specific that you think really ties into this world or that's doing it well at the moment? I mean, I actually think it's it's weird how many uh, like categories of brands you can make tie into what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the companies that I've worked with in the past, I'm like, how on earth is this going to link? And I'm like, okay, yeah, actually, I can see that. Um, but I, I like just working with brands that I like myself. Cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, whether that's, I don't know, camera brands or cars or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to yeah. answer that one. <laughs> that's a, the good diplomatic answer, I think, yeah. as well. Well played. And then, naturally, we've got two Star Wars questions to finish, Go which on, was then. always going to happen. So, yeah. first one from at Toby S is Empire or Rebellion? Rebellion. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to have to face that. I, I was like, okay, I need to get this right. Which one was I? Um, I really hope yes, I got Rebellion. that right. <laughs> but that sounds like it's the wrong one, right? It because does. Like, this is what always gets you, which makes me think I have the Rebels. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then the last one from Tree Tree 89 What was it like working on something as big as Star Wars and what is Daisy Ridley and Chewbacca like in real life? Daisy Ridley and Chewbacca? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not like they've gone for like both of the actors' names or both of the characters. No, it's that's like what Daisy Ridley are. and Chewbacca, yeah. who is a real person. Exactly. <laughs> he is. He's yeah. real, right? Um, I actually didn't spend too much time with Chewbacca. I spent a lot of time with Stunt Chewbacca. Mm. In fact, I've still been working with Stunt Chewbacca. My friend stunt Ari. Chewbacca. Yeah, my friend <laughs> Ari is uh, the Chewbacca stunt double. Right. Who's um, cool? He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daisy was great to work with. I mean, some actresses are more difficult to work with than others, and she was just super cool, down to do anything that we asked her to try. Have you had any proper, like, diva moments as mm. well? 
like where what, with the, Daisy? No, no, no. As in, oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, say, not, you can not call not out Daisy. Daisy if you like. But no. I mean, <laughs> anyone else? Has anyone been kind of really difficult to work with? And how have you dealt with that? Yes, they have. Uh, yeah. You gonna name them? Leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you get around it? I suppose you don't have to you don't have to give um, anything away. But how do you deal with that? Like, that's quite I think, tough. I think the best way is to just try and see where they're coming from. And I think often, um, if certain actors, or sometimes it's not even actors, sometimes it's whoever else on set. Like sometimes when people are being difficult or hard to work with, it's because it's they're frustrated from their point of view. For, say, for example, with um, actresses, it might be that they saw their character going in one direction and um, the director's sort of trying to pull it in a different direction and that's frustrating for them. So you can, mm. I think if you understand why they're frustrated or being difficult, then that helps you mm. to see it from their point of view and therefore become a bit of a mediator where possible. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Brilliant. I think, yeah, covers. Any, covers any socials people should be looking out for? Any Facebook, Instagrams? Where can people find you, basically? Yeah, you can just find me. I'm just at Katie McDonald. Yeah, nice Pretty much everywhere, I think. <laughs> <Yeah. Kate McDonald. laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming yeah, in, Katie. It's been a real pleasure. And yeah, thanks again. The end. The end. <laughs> well, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow to keep up to date with the latest episodes. And share it with your friends so they can get some of their time too.